Welcome to the Sunday message from Hollyview Church in Boring, Oregon. We gather every Sunday morning at 1030 as a worshiping community of Jesus followers on mission to see God glorified in our lives, our cities, and around the world. At Hollyview, the Bible serves as our foundation and guide for both life and ministry. It tells the story of God and the story of us. We believe that the better we know the themes and flow of the biblical story, the better we will be able to find our little place in God's grand storyline. Thank you for joining us. We now continue our study in the Gospel according to John in John chapter 14 with guest speaker Dan Abbott and his message, Draw Me Closer. It's great to be with you here this morning. Um, It's a great opportunity to be able to continue in the series in the book of John. We're going to be in John 14, and I'm going to go wild today, and we're going to read the entire chapter right now, all right? So if you are able, I'm going to ask that you would stand with me as we read John chapter 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has, been, whoever has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Do you not believe that I am in the father, and the father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I will come to you if you loved me. And you would have rejoiced, because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. 
And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful to be here together this morning. We want to thank you even just hearing these testimonies this morning that that you are moving and working here at Hollyview. You are connecting people. You are drawing people closer to you. And we are just so excited, Lord, um, that we can be a part of that. I ask, I ask, Father, that you would open this text to us this morning. You would open our hearts to it, Lord, that we would be able to gain understanding, gain insight, Lord, and that we would be able to draw closer to you in this time. We want to give you this, this morning, this time, this day. In Jesus' name, amen. So last night, I did have this amazing opportunity to be able to um, share at a Children's Cancer Association um, a bit of our story of our son and our family going through the leukemia and treatment process. And it's interesting because, I mean, we are so excited about the outcome, right? Like, Jesse is better. Jesse is healed. But when I go to tell the story, I always have to go back and I have to relive all of those emotions and feelings again, right? And so last night, I had the opportunity to do that. And it's a great opportunity because it allows me to kind of debrief it, process it, like see what it is that happened, how it happened, where was God in it. And I remember the day when we found out that Jesse had leukemia, and it was by far the worst day of my life. I remember being in the hospital. I remember taking Jesse to the emergency room, not knowing what was really going on. He was having trouble breathing. We knew we needed to take him to the ER. And then the doctor says, well, he has pneumonia, but there's also something off with his blood work. And I distinctly remember him saying, you, can, you need to take him to the hospital. You, you can drive him yourself but do not stop for any reason. You need to go straight there. And so I'm like, okay, something is really wrong right now. And so we get to Randall's Children's Hospital, more blood work. The uh, blood disorder specialist comes in, and that's when we first heard the word leukemia. And for me, as a kid growing up, when you heard the word leukemia, I mean, you imagined the worst. You start thinking to yourself, am I going to lose my son? And then it's just a blur, right, at that point. What do you do? All these emotions are going through your head. What are you going to tell Jesse? I mean, am I going to just quit my job? I mean, what is this going to do to our marriage, right? I, I even remember, actually, I was supposed to preach at Hollyview that weekend. And I called Joel, and I was like, hey, man, I don't think this is going to work out. You know, I really like, had, to, I had to clear my schedule for the foreseeable future because I knew that no matter what, I was going to be by his side, right? And so, I tell you that story because things happen in life all the time to all of us. And we're like, what in the world is going on? I mean, the confusion that happens, the fear that happens, the anxiety that begins to build up inside of us. We, we're scared because we don't really know what's going on. I tell you that story because I believe the disciples are in a position where they're like, what 
is happening right now. Everything seemed to be going so well, and then suddenly seems so sudden to them at this pivotal point, and they're asked to trust Jesus, even when things are already crazy and even when things are about to get even crazier. Jesus goes on to even say, let not your hearts be troubled. Trust in me. I know things are looking pretty grim right now, but I got you. Trust me. And let not your hearts be troubled. The first thing that we really do need to understand this morning about this text to fully realize that the disciples did not know as much as we do today in this moment in their lives. John is giving an account here before Jesus goes to the cross, before Jesus is put in the tomb, before he's resurrected, before his ascension, and before the Holy Spirit comes on them at Pentecost. This is really important because Jesus points to each of these events in this chapter and says things like, on that day, you will remember what I have said. And it is then that you will believe. Or it is then that you will trust what I have said to you to be true. We need to have these events on, our, on the forefront of our mind as we go through the text to give us the insight needed to understand the chapter. You will hear the word believe a lot. This can also be translated as trust. As you believe in Jesus, you trust in Jesus. If you believe what Jesus says, you trust what Jesus says. So a little bit of setting the scene here, okay? Chapter 14, Jesus is on his way to the cross. Just hours from this conversation with the disciples, he will be taken away from them and put on trial. The disciples will be scattered in fear, and Jesus is going to be left alone. In chapter 13 of John, we see that Jesus is washing the disciples' feet, as well as instituting the Lord's Supper, the first communion with the disciples. He is speaking of his death, and he is talking about leaving his disciples. And on top of that, we hear that one of the twelve is going to betray him, that Satan actually enters into Judas, and then Peter, who is a leader among the disciples, is going to deny him, not once, but three times before the night is out. There's a lot of confusion, anxiousness, fear that's building. And the disciples do not understand what is going on or realize what is about to take place. It's nighttime, it's dark out, and it's going to be a very long night. And this is our context for this morning. And Jesus, he starts out by saying, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. It could also be read, trust in God, trust also in me. Now for the disciples, the world is falling apart around them. They were living the good life, right? Doing life with Jesus, walking the earth with God himself. Every day. And now what seems sudden, it's all going away. In fact, Jesus says, I am going away. Have you ever felt like your world around you is falling apart? Maybe you've heard some bad news. Maybe life is just throwing you for a loop and you're confused, anxious, scared, wondering what in the world is going on. 
I want to say right now that if you are dealing with something this morning and your heart is troubled, Jesus is saying to you right now, do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in me. I have a plan. I'm moving and working on your behalf. I see you. I know you. And it's for this reason I have come. I want you to trust me. There are four reasons I want to focus on that Jesus talks about in these verses that show us why it is that we do not need to let our hearts be troubled. The first is that you have an eternal, your eternal future is secure. In verse 2, Jesus says that there are many rooms in his father's house, and if it were not so, I would have told you that, why would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And what's interesting, this is the direct response after he tells Peter that Peter is going to deny Jesus. Even though you may be feeling a whirlwind of emotion right now, do not let your heart be troubled, Peter. Your eternal future is secure. Don't worry, in a little while, this is going to make sense to you. You know, I kind of wonder if, if Jesus is, you know, talking to disciples like this, but he's looking right at Peter and saying, your eternal future is secure. Even though you're going to deny me, you are still going to be welcomed into my Father's house. I think we should probably all be able to relate to this. Jesus is saying that, that you, you say you believe in me, that you, you trust in me, and yet at times you fall away. But Jesus is saying, grab my hand, stand up, set your eyes on heaven, because your future is in your Father's house, where there is no more crying, no more sin, no more confusion, no more fear. And why? Because the work that Jesus did on the cross. Being the perfect and final sacrifice for our sins, that when we believe that this is true, we are able to enter into heaven. We are able to enter into the Father's house forever. And Jesus says, my Father's house is big and you will be dwelling in that house with me. Trust me when I say this. And although Jesus is talking specifically to his, his disciples here in this context, it is for all of those who trust in him, who believe in who he is and the work he has done. We can all, all of us here that put our faith in Jesus, can be confident of our eternal future. John Piper points out an interesting thing about these verses. The preparation that needs to take place is the work that Jesus is going to do on the cross. I'm going to prepare a place for you. It's not like he's been working on this place or he's going to be working on this place or he's been working on it for the last 2,000 years. The preparation is the work that he needs to do on the cross. Piper notes that in Matthew 25, 34, it says, Come you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. It has already been prepared for you, spoken into existence by God Himself. But Jesus is saying that in order for you to inherit it, I have to do the very thing I came to do. Then the door will be open to everyone who believes in me. It has always been part of the plan that one day 
we would dwell forever in the presence of God the Father and Jesus Christ, where we will be able to see the full glory of Jesus and where we will be able to see him face to face. And this is why Jesus says that he is the way. You know, it's not, it's not uh, directional, as, as Thomas seems to think at the time. It's not like, hey, here's a map. Now go ahead and drive to your destination. The destination is Jesus. He continues to tell Thomas that if you knew me, you would have known the Father. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. You know him, Thomas, because you know me. And this is the second point, the second reason as to why Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled because you know God. This word know goes beyond this, this heady knowledge of God. This is not, I, I heard about this person, so I know them, or I know a thing or two about this person. But this is a deep, inner, intimate knowing of who God is. You are not in this alone. You have a deep personal relationship with him. You have full access to him all day, every day, anywhere, anytime. It is not location-based. Remember when Jesus is speaking to the woman at the well, when he says, Believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem you will worship the Father. All the way back in the beginning, after Adam and Eve ate the fruit, sin, right, has always been in the way. It created a barrier for us to have that real, deep, personal relationship with God. But because of Jesus, now we can go before God with boldness and confidence, as it says in Hebrews. And this relationship, right, this relationship is it's ongoing and it's ever-growing. I think the, uh, the best picture of this is, is marriage, Right? You are, you are in love. You are committing to give all that you are to this person. You know quite a bit about them. But if you talk to anybody who has been married for any length of time, that little bit you know before you say I do is like a drop in the hat in comparison to how much you know about that person months, years, or decades later. I mean, Dean and Eunice have been married for 61 years years. I mean, I'm sure they can tell you a whole bunch of stories about themselves. Let me tell you about Dean when he did this thing. You realize that the moment when you said, I do, was only the beginning of truly getting to know them. You experience life together, the good times, the hard times. And when you do life together with someone, day in and day out, that's when you can say that you know them. And this is what Jesus is saying to Thomas. You know, the, you know God because you have been doing life with God this whole time because I am God. And I love what, what Joel mentioned this morning of how it is that, that God describes himself. We have so many different perspectives or ideas of what we think God is, right? And so God says, no, I am gracious compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, forgiving iniquities, transgressions, and sins. That's who I am. And you get to know me now. How amazing is that that we can come 
before God with full confidence. That's the God that we're talking about this morning. For us today, how is it that we get to know more of God? First of all, if you haven't put your faith in Jesus, and I know we usually do this at the end of the service, but why wait, right? Now is a great time to put your faith in Jesus. Because before you put your faith in Jesus, you can only know about God. But when you take that step of faith and say, I believe, I trust what he is saying, it's then that you dive into that true, deep relationship with him. For those who do believe, we need to spend time with God. Um, I love this. Uh, my, my wife, Anna, is, uh, has created this time for the high school girls on Tuesday evenings, and she called it Solitude and Soul, which I think is a great name, where she, she gives time and space for them to sit with God, open their Bibles, write in their journals, and just simply be with God, talking to God, praying to God, learning who God is. I think one of the biggest barriers in getting to know God, I think you might be thinking to yourself, well, my life is just so busy. I can't, I can't do that. I don't have time to do that. And I would say that because your life is so busy, you need to make the time. And it's not so much about doing more. I'm not asking you to do more. I'm asking you to really prioritize the time that you do have. You want to be building on your foundation with God. So when those moments come, and they will come, and they do come, that seem like they might just knock you over, you're able to stand firm in Jesus, knowing that he's got you, knowing that he is with you. And so this brings us to our third reason. Let not your hearts be troubled because you can see God. And Philip, right? Philip picks up on this and says, Lord, show us the Father and that is enough for us. If you just show us the Father, then everything is going to be okay. Have you ever thought that? God, if you could just walk into this room right now, then I could handle anything that comes my way. If you showed up right now, then I could believe. Then my doubts would be gone. If I could just see God. And it's interesting, Jesus' response to this, it almost sounds like he's kind of discouraged at Philip's response. You've been with me this whole time, Philip, and it hasn't clicked yet. I know that the world doesn't get it, but you should, you should get it by now, Philip. We've been doing this now for a while. Remember, I keep telling you that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, that when you look at me, Philip, you are looking at God himself. He even goes on to say that if you don't believe the words that I'm saying to you, that are coming out of my mouth, you can at least look back on all that you have seen me do. And Jesus, Jesus has been doing a lot. Even in John chapter 21, verse 25, it says, Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. You see what I have done? You, you see what I have done, Philip? Raising Lazarus from the dead, changing water into wine, serving you, teaching you. I mean, you've gotten the whole package here. These things point to the truth of who I am. And you know, I'm guessing Philip, he paused for a minute and he started thinking about all those things that he had seen Jesus do. 
Have you ever looked back on your life and it just became clearer and clearer that Jesus was all over it? I bet if we, read around, if we went around the room this morning, we would have hundreds, if not thousands, of stories of Jesus moving and working in our lives. But right as the saying goes, hindsight is 2020. As in when you look back, that's when it seems to me clearer. It seems when it seems to make more sense. And so I want to raise a question this morning. And I think the question we should be asking ourselves this morning is, are we able to see Jesus today? And the answer is absolutely. Now, just to be clear, it is not in the same sense as Philip is seeing Jesus, where he can reach out and touch the face of Jesus. Although there is an eternal future for us where we will be able to be that close to Jesus. Have you ever uh, have you ever seen one of those magic eye pictures? It shows you this uh, kind of like blurry picture. You look at it and you really don't know what what it is. You might have an idea like like what is going on there. And so what you're supposed to do, right, is you get real close to it, and then you slowly bring it back. Wait for it. Wait for it. And there it is, right there. And it's almost as if you can see behind the scenes of what's going on. And I think that's what it's like being able to see Jesus. When we stop and we take the time and we look to see what's really going on, we look closely. Like, and if we know that Jesus is always moving and working, that we can be sure that He's doing something. So we said, we have a feeling something is happening here at Hollyview. Jesus is moving and working. I bet you we could see glimpses of him in your life, in your life, in your life, of what it is that he's doing. Oh, and don't worry, I brought a whole bunch of copies of these. I thought about putting it on the screen or even passing them out, but then you'd all be like this the whole time that I'm, I'm teaching. So they're going to be out there on the table. There's like 50 or so copies. Share. Curtis has them. And uh, yeah, let me know what picture you see in this. But yeah, that's what it's like to see Jesus moving and working today. You, you sift through the initial picture in front of you that, that your circumstances do not determine if Jesus is doing something or not. It's about trusting that Jesus is always on the move, working with the Father and the Holy Spirit, drawing people to himself and revealing more of who he is and what he is doing today. I got a, a story for you, okay? I was working at a restaurant in Gladstone, and um, there's a lot, I, I worked there for a while, so I get a lot of regulars that come in, and they begin to tell me their stories. And on this particular day, this woman is with her two kids, and she's telling me the story of how just life is just in shambles. Things are going, off, things are going wrong with her husband. She has to figure out a new place to live, and because she has to find a new place to live, to afford, it's going to be an apartment, and they just bought chickens, and then these chickens won't be able to come with them. And the kids are so excited about these chickens, right? And then the school, the school, they can't go to school in the same place. They're going to lose their friends. And she's just like all over the place. And I'm just like, and I'm in, I'm in the restaurant and she's there for like an hour. And I, I keep on feeling that tug, you know, I know you know that tug is like, you know, you should pray for her. You should ask that you should pray for her. And so it takes me like 59 minutes and 59 seconds to really get that courage to say, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the step of faith. 
believe that God has asked me to do this. No, I said, so hey. I was like, I know you've got a lot going on. I was like, I believe. I believe that God is in it with you. Is it okay if I pray for you? <laughs> and she looks at me and she says, I don't believe in that stuff. And I was like, okay, maybe I didn't hear very well from God. <laughs> so I said this. So I said, okay, what I'll do is like, I won't pray for you now, but I want you to know that I will be praying for you. I believe that God is, is, still, is still moving in your life. And <laughs> I don't see her for two weeks, right? And she usually comes in at least twice a week. And I'm like, she's thinking like, I'm not going to that restaurant where that super spiritual dude is over there. There's no way <laughs> going back there. But she does come back. She comes back two weeks later and she comes up to me and I'm thinking she's going to tell me off. She goes, I want to thank you so much for praying for me. For whatever reason, we're in the same house. We're keeping the chickens the kids are going to the same school. Everything is working out. That's Jesus on the move. That's seeing Jesus moving and working in our lives. And I think this is why testimonies are so important. Testimonies of what Jesus is up to. It stirs up our faith as well as encourages us when we are in trouble, when we are troubled in heart. That we can trust that God is working in our lives despite our circumstances. And that's why Jesus says, therefore, do not let your hearts be troubled because you can see God. Our last reason this morning, let not your hearts be troubled because God dwells in you. Judas, not Iscariot, very important for John to point that out, asked the final question, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Now, I'm not going to get into the, uh, all the questions about the Trinity and how it is it moves and works and things like that. Whereas down, I, was, I told myself, don't go down to the rooted connections this morning, because what happens is they start talking about the passage, and then it starts raising more questions, and I'm like, I have to stick to what it is that I'm saying and I went down there, and I was like, why did I go down there? No. I'm going to stick to it for now. We'll see what God does while I'm talking about it. When you believe, when you trust in Jesus and announce that you love him, you, you get the full package. The Father and the Son, through the power of the Holy Spirit, make their dwelling place in you. And it's interesting that Jesus starts the chapter off giving you a picture of dwelling in the Father's house with Jesus, right? This is your future. And then he ends with a picture of the Trinity coming and living inside of us right now. This, this is your future reality. This is your present reality. You're going to be with, in God's house, with Jesus, in Jesus, and right now, God himself comes and indwells you. This is our present reality. And you also, you might, you might be thinking, you know, heaven sounds nice, but, I, but I, I've got problems right now. Do I, do I just have to slog through the remainder of my life until I get there? And Jesus is saying, I would never leave you to do this on your own. I would never leave you as orphans, as he says. I'm going to ascend into heaven, 
so that my Father will send the Holy Spirit. Because they're three in one, when you have the Holy Spirit living, when you also have the Father and the Son living in you. That same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now dwells in those who believe, who trust in Jesus. That he is God and he took on all of our sins on the cross, was raised on the third day and ascended into heaven at the right hand of the Father so that he could make a home in us now and so that we can make our home with him in heaven. He has done everything so that we can continue to draw closer to him. In our reality today, it is through the help of the Holy Spirit that we are able to know God and see God. He is the one who reminds us of the truth about God and all that he has done and is doing. And if if you're like me, I need as much reminding as possible. The Holy Spirit is given to us to open up the scriptures so that we may understand more deeply the work of God throughout history as well as our own lives and the lives of those around us. If we fast forward 53 days to the day of Pentecost, we are seeing the work of the Holy Spirit in Peter. Not not a Peter who is, is afraid of knowing Jesus, but a Peter who is bold and confident, secure in his faith. I want to read from Acts chapter 2, verses 32 through 41. This is Peter speaking. He says, This Jesus God raised up, and of that we all are witnesses. Before their being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation, so those who received his word were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. I feel like that's, that's more of the whole story now, right? Even though Peter and the disciples didn't fully understand back in John 14, even though they were scared, confused, feeling their anxiety rising, Jesus knew what was going to take place. And he knew that he would open the door for those who would come to believe to know with confidence their eternal future is secure, that they would be able to come into a real deep personal relationship with God where we can know God and see God and where God comes and makes his home in us. I want to conclude with this. Let not your hearts 
be troubled. Trust that these things are true. Your eternal future is secure. Rest in that. The door has been open for you to know God. Go deeper in that relationship. You are able to see God. Pray that the Lord would open your eyes as to what he is doing through you and around you. And the God of all creation dwells in you, helping you and reminding you of who Jesus is and what he has done for you. You are never alone. Jesus is always with you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you that this is true, that these words that you speak, Father, are truth, and that we can come before you, God, because of what it is that your son Jesus did on that cross, preparing the way, Lord, that we could have this, this uh, that our future, our eternal future would be secure, Lord, that you have made it possible for us to have a relationship with you, to know you, to see you, Lord, that you love us so much, Lord, that you want to draw closer to us, and you do that by coming and living inside of us. We just ask, Father, that you would continue to move and work in this place in Hollyview and each person's life here. God, I pray that we would be able to move as a, of a, as a people, God, that are just so engulfed by you, so in awe of you. We want to give you this day, we want to give you this week, Lord, and we want to continue, Lord, to seek you out, Lord, that we know that we do not need to let our hearts be troubled, but that we can trust in you and come, and that you come alongside of us in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for this message from Hollyview Church. We invite you to join us in person for our worship service every Sunday morning at 1030. You can find us on Southeast 257th Avenue, just off of Highway 212 between Boring and Damascus, Oregon. Or find us online at hollyviewchurch.com. Together, we are being shaped by the gospel, rooted in God's word, to share God's grace and truth. Again, whether online or in person, thank you for joining us here at Hollyview Church. Church.